will be satisfied. Jesus said to him, Have I been with you all this time, Philip, and you still do not know me? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, Show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am the Father, and the Father is in me? The word that I say to you, I do not speak on my own, but the Father who dwells in me does his works. Believe me, that I am the Father, and the Father is in me, but if you do not believe me, because of the works themselves. Very truly, I tell you, the one who believes in me will also do the works that I do, and in fact, do the greater works than these, because I am one of the Father. I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If in my name you ask me for anything, I will do it. If you love me, you will keep my commandments, and I will ask the Father who will give you another advocate to be with you forever. This is the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, but those who abide with you, and he will be in you. I have said these things to you while I am still with you. But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything and remind you of all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not let them be afraid. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ.
that God gives us a people to love and care for us as well. And so as you go out through the week, yeah, ask yourself, where is God? But also ask, where is the Holy Spirit? Sometimes it's a little bit harder to see. Sometimes it's in the local. Sometimes it's in the works of healing and wholeness. Sometimes we see God work in other ways that we haven't even been able to describe yet. So as you go out this week, uh, trust that God is with you, that God loves you, and the Holy Spirit is indeed with you. We pray. God, send your spirit on us this day. Help us to give thanks for the things that are joyous. Comfort us in the things that are hard. Bring us all to your health, your wholeness, and your peace. In Jesus' name. Amen. join me in prayer. Almighty God, each and every day help us to cry, Abba, Father, trusting that you have given us a spirit of freedom, a spirit of love, and a spirit of adoption as your good and gracious children. Lead us in all good things by the power of your Spirit, and bring us into the joy of life everlasting. All these things and all the things of our hearts we lift before you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So Pentecost is celebrated as the birthday of the church. And what would it be to talk about birthdays without mentioning gifts? Uh, when I was younger, a few of my family members uh, were in the habit of giving savings bonds as a gift for birthdays. Uh, of course, they weren't as flashy uh, as a card full of cash or a mystery present wrapped in some fancy paper. But over time, I've come to appreciate those gifts a little bit more than I once did. And it's because, it's because I grew to understand that the relatives who would give my brother and I savings bonds as a birthday gift understood that they were making an investment. An investment into our future and the life that we would eventually grow into as we matured together over time. And that kind of investment is exactly what Jesus made when he invites his disciples to follow him throughout the course of of his ministry. Throughout their entire journey with Jesus, God has been investing in the life and in the formation of these disciples, shaping them into the people who would be called children of God, the first to bear the name of the risen Christ as the church. They've received instruction as Jesus preached to the crowds and taught them the meanings of his parables. They witnessed powerful acts of God's abundance and the mercy 
of God as the raging seas were calmed, as multitudes were fed, and the sick and the dying were healed and raised up to new life. Jesus taught them how to live together, how to pray together, and how to live life in a new way by investing the very love of God into their everyday journey upon this earth. That's what God has done for them. And these disciples were with Jesus all the while soaking it in, soaking in what it means to experience the kingdom of God. And here in John's Gospel, as Jesus prepares his friends for his death, Jesus makes yet another investment into their lives. If you love me, you will keep my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to be with you forever. This advocate is the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him because he abides in you and will be in you. The promise of this this advocate, this Holy Spirit, comes upon the disciples as they gather together in prayer, filling the room and flooding the streets with the very breath of God, declaring to the world this new thing that has been born of the risen Jesus. And the infant church has been given the Holy Spirit as God's good gift. But that's not the only gift that God gives on that first Pentecost day. Everyone gathered in Jerusalem for the festival was there for a huge party to celebrate the spring harvest and the giving of the Ten Commandments when the Spirit came upon Jesus' followers and they speak with a bold fire in different languages. When that happened, those pilgrims at Pentecost received a welcome surprise. They received their own gift. An invitation into the new life that Jesus had once offered to Peter, James, John, and the others. The crowds who heard them speaking the good news of Jesus' resurrection received a gift of God's investment into their own lives. A message of hope and mercy and life that they could understand and claim as their own. Because the Holy Spirit had given this infant church the power to meet people in the everyday experiences of their life. Where they gathered. Where they celebrated. Where they shared time with one another. And so we see that the church is born this day not for itself. But to be God's investment For the peace and wholeness of the rest of the world. This Pentecost morning we have two confirmants. Who will stand here in this sanctuary and profess our shared faith. Who will be confirmed by the Holy Spirit. The Spirit who is given to each and every one of us as an advocate. And God's investment in us for the sake of the world. Laying upon each and every one of us the promise 
of new life in Jesus Christ. Peyton and Alec have been instructed in the scriptures. They have explored how to pray through, well, praying our Lord's Prayer. They've pondered what the Ten Commandments have to say about our journey of faith. And they've defined the core of our life together as proclaimed through the words of the Apostles' Creed. The church now has fulfilled its part of the baptismal covenant by journeying with them throughout their life. And we celebrate this morning the fruits of that investment. Throughout their instruction, their teachers have consistently reminded them that confirmation isn't about memorizing passages of Scripture or Luther's small catechism. And the same goes for each and every one of you. Non-believers can memorize words on a page. No, what we celebrate this day, what we celebrate this day is our recognition that God has invested so much into each and every one of us. And we celebrate those gifts with those who are maturing in the faith. Through this, this rite, we give thanks for the gift of baptism. We celebrate the gifts that have been poured out upon our sisters and brothers. We glorify God, who confirms in us and for us the faith that we have received through water and the Word. And so inasmuch as Pentecost is about what God continues to do through the church and in the world... Confirmation is about what God continues to do through the gathering of God's good and faithful people, the church, in and through the movement of the Holy Spirit. And so while we celebrate with Peyton and Alec today, as we should, understand that it is not a a graduation ceremony or the end of one journey and the beginning of another. Because each time... Each time we gather together to remember our baptism, to remember the ways that God has invested in each and every one of us, God confirms and reaffirms this wonderful faith which we share. The faith that rests in each and every one of us and promises to continue pouring out the Holy Spirit on our lives. God has invested in us. And if Scripture tells us anything, it's that God doesn't invest without anticipating an eventual payout. God's work in the world has always been with a purpose. And we see it come to life each and every day as we see visions of life and wholeness, as we dream dreams of peace and prosperity. And as we participate in making these prophecies come true through our own witness and service to a world in need. The investment that God has made throughout the life of creation from the call of Abraham to be faithful, the liberation of Israel to a life of freedom 
and the gift of the law to guide God's people in faithfulness and holiness comes to its head in Jesus and now now rests in each and every one of you. God has indeed invested so much into us and now, now may be the time to ask, how has that investment matured for the good of all creation? God wants us to live and love and to succeed. How are you reinvesting your gifts into the holy work of God through this place? How is the Holy Spirit moving in and through you to be the people that God has called us all to be? And so this is where our birthday celebration brings us this day. Out into the streets and into a world to join together with the saints who have gone on before us. Reinvesting God's love and mercy into a world that needs to be raised up to new life. Congratulations, Peyton and Allie. You now join us in accepting this holy responsibility for the sake of the entire world. Welcome. Amen.